0: Hello, and welcome back to the SkyU Podcast by The Daily Gopher. I'm Chris, Fur. And with me, uh, with this long-awaited return to the podcast, is Andy, GopherGuy05.
1: Well, some of us have been here a while. It just depends on whether you include, you know, the publication as long-awaited returns. Hush.
0: Hush. I will hear no bad-mouthing of my inability to properly edit or post previously recorded segments that may or may not actually exist. Um... Moving on to someone who is not snarky, Alex, you street. Hey, y'all. All All right. Um, The Vic Viramontes era is over already. (laughs) Um, Before we get into real specific thoughts, do we actually care? Street.
2: Yeah, we care in the sense that Fleck typed the dude really hard. He was expected to be QB number one. He's now QB number three. You can say that means one of two things either the talent evaluation for quarterbacks from this staff is absolutely miserable, or alternatively, the talent evaluation for this staff is pretty good with Zach Anakstad and Tanner Morgan. The other thing I imagine you can say is that if it is, in fact, the case, they only have two quarterbacks for next year and then the emergency, which could be, I don't know, Tyler Johnson throwing passes to himself, I guess, the number of times where that occurs, if you're not named Maryland, is relatively low. So I guess we probably don't care in that sense.
0: All right, so do we actually believe that they can't evaluate quarterbacks or is it really just more likely that the dude got beat out and, I mean, legitimately, he wants to play college football. I don't begrudge him that. Like, But do we do we think it's an evaluation issue, or do we think dude got beat out and he's just going to keep trying until he catches on with somebody who will play him somewhere?
2: In some sense, I think it's a bit of an evaluation issue. It's not, like, a major one. I mean, Tanner Morgan seems to be pretty good. That Zach Anikstack kid seems to be pretty good for a walk-on. Yay, having rich parents. But... I do believe that if you pull someone and you think this is go- likely going to be your QB number one, and they leave being a quarterback to go back to Juco to become a linebacker, their, I think, original position, low those many years ago when they were in high school, that you miss something on film. I don't know what it is. I don't think it's something long-term that's a worry. worry. I think the bigger worry long-term is that they're seeming to striking out a lot with high three, low four-star prospects for the QB position for a Big Ten program for which the quarterback is highly important in Chirac's offense so that I think is a tiny bit of a worry is Vic Viramonte's like a trend or an outlier I don't know I probably bet outlier
0: Andy what was your favorite Vic Viramonte's moment
1: uh probably the 10 second Twitter video of Vic Trying to do a horrible snow angel after that last big blizzard.
0: Yes, that was what I was going to say too. I'm proud of you. Yes, um,
1: it obviously was not the spring game where he obviously looked like the number three quarterback. That, or you could check the uh, the you know if you follow any of the uh, the higher recruiting sites and people like that everybody who was saying oh, oh what did we get into with vic after that and everybody defending him and said well that was only the first time and the public had ever seen him and he looked much better than that in spring practice so you know we'll, we'll obviously never know um but it sure seems like the spring game was more realistic than than all the smoke that some of the, the other people were blowing and uh you know uh, hopefully he'll go back to juco and and transfer to a linebacker and be happy somewhere else and and who knows maybe we'll be haunted by Vic Veramontes sacking tanner morgan uh to end a big game in two years or something but i think the chances are probably more likely that he'll fade off and play at some minor fbs school and we won't hear the name Vic Veramontas uttered here again after about two weeks
2: He's like the pitcher from the Sandlot. Uh,
0: I'm going to propose – I'm going to put my InfoWars hat on for a moment, uh, and I'd like to propose an alternative uh, explanation. I think his flow was so strong that Bob Mosco was afraid he was going to diminish and demean the hockey team. The hockey team was going to feel brought low by their inability to have better flow. Then Vic Veramontes, and Matsko lobbied uh, Coil to have him pushed out.
2: I mean, all you got to do now is add some na- natural supplement that you're selling on top of that for you to get your own Vic Veramontes flow, and you'd be perfect.
0: Uh, speaking of, do you all know that gold is truly the best investment that you can make? And if for just, just $79.99, I... I have the gold opportunity you've been looking for
2: for 159.99 i have even better gold opportunity which is goldie on the helmet replica goldie helmet <laughs>
0: today wait, alex i gotta know did you bid on that like i felt like it must have been killing you not to be able to get that in the the little uh, auction thing that the Golden Gopher Fund was doing.
2: Well, as you know, Chris, I, as a grad student, am rolling in cash. So I, I passed on that particular bid. But that's, I wanted to. That's
0: sad. <laughs> All right. Um Keeping it in the football realm for a little bit, uh, we're gonna we're gonna have uh, awkward conversations about teenagers and things that they're doing as they may or may not uh, choose to come to the University of Minnesota. That's right, it's recruiting talk time. Um, you know, avert your gaze if this is something that makes you uncomfortable. Um, you may or may not recall, depending on how much you care about recruiting, uh, that there is a new change that allows. Uh, players to get on campus a little early, um, earlier in the summer and spring, which really is a big boon for teams like Minnesota. Um, And this is, if I'm right, Andy, is this the first big weekend for those recruits to come take a visit?
1: Uh, Yeah, I believe that is correct. June 1st was the day that, uh, that that all went into effect, and so uh, this will be the first big uh, summer visit weekend for uh, all the uh, all the teams in the NCAA this this season.
0: So, what's you know, we're obviously we're not the recruiting home of Gopher football or anything, but uh, what sort of things can Gopher fans be on the lookout for as far as uh, recruiting this weekend with the official visits?
1: Well, from from taking a look around the interwebs, it appears we've got probably somewhere between 8 and 10 players are going to be in town this weekend, Um, and so I'm sure you'll be seeing if you follow your various uh, players, coaches, recruit nicks on Twitter, you'll be seeing the the usual visit profile where they uh, will spend a day, tool around, looking at all the Twin City sites, whether that's US Bank Stadium or Target Field or whatever, and they'll have their meals out and one of the multiple fancy restaurants and, and uh you know and and there'll be plenty of pictures with the uniforms and stuff like that uh you know i i, I guess i can't say for sure who uh, if we'll see any commits out of this weekend but i think it's it's possible that the gophers might get a couple of guys to uh to commit so we'll have to have uh We'll have to have Iowa Gopher and Gopher Nation actually paying attention so they can get uh, articles up in timely fashion if that happens. But, uh, you know, they've got a couple of higher profile guys who aren't going to make a decision this weekend coming in for their official visits. Um, Terrell Brock is a running back from Illinois, and we all know how well PJ's been doing getting kids out of Illinois this year. Um, We made his top five, us, Iowa, Iowa State, Purdue, and Northwestern. Um, Sounds like You know, we've got a decent shot there. And then uh, Isaiah Gibson, big D tackle uh, from Ohio, uh, is coming in. And uh, we were sort of one of the front riders for a while. Kentucky seems to be the the big school uh, that has the lean now, if you believe the the crystal balls and things like that. But, you know, as we've learned time and time again, if you get P.J. alone in a room with these kids, uh, good things happen more often than not. So we'll just have to see what happens.
0: Are we still doing phrasing? Because phrasing. hey Just saying. Um, well, that seems like the perfect transition moment for us to hand over uh, to a pre-recorded segment from our very own Vin Scully, uh, Zips of Akron. Zips uh, was lucky enough to cover the Gophers this weekend at the regional, uh, watching um, them advance uh, to the team's first Super Regional in their history and the farthest they've advanced since – Winning uh, a regional back in, what was Malder? 77? Correct. Okay, so this is a big year um, for the Gophers and a huge year for John Anderson uh, as coach of the Gophers, getting a chance to go out to Corvallis uh, and hopefully due to the uh, Beaver baseball team, what uh, Gopher football did to their football team last fall. Um, So without further ado, let's turn it over to Steve.
3: Hey guys, so uh, it's been a pretty intense last few weeks for Gopher Baseball, huh? Um, Yeah, they're on a 12-game winning streak. They just won the NCAA Minneapolis Regional, one that they hosted. Um, We'll talk about the the breakdown of how the college baseball playoffs work here in a second, but really they're one of the hottest teams out there right now. They uh, ended up number 14 in the nation before um, before the tournament started, and really a winning streak that started at the end of... The Big Ten season continued on through the Big Ten tournament and most, re- and most recently through the regional. They uh, just seem like they can't be beat. Um, granted, yeah, they're the best, best team in the Big Ten. Um, some might say that's not saying much in the landscape of the NCAA or in in the, in in the landscape of college baseball. But really, they're having their best season since maybe 1977 when they actually went to the College World Series. Um, it's been going great. They've gotten a lot of offense from one of their. Um, from some other guys, uh Taren Vavra, he's actually got major league potential. Um Luke Pedersen infielder, and uh Ben Mazenga, the outfielder, have been really um really 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 flashing their stuff and their pitching. They're these top two pitchers, um, who we'll talk about in a second here, who are just man, these guys can't can't be beat. So right now the Gophers are in what's called the super regional round of the college baseball playoffs and it's kind of a convoluted way to 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 determine a champion I guess but um and People are kind of confused about how the college baseball playoffs work, but um, it's a 64-team tournament, and you know baseball is very series-based. But uh, you know at the end of the day, it's like college baseball's March Madness. But they divide the 64 teams into 16 four-team regionals, and one-team hosts. Um, and from there, the the four teams in each region play a double elimination bracket. So you got to lose twice to get out. Um, and the Gophers were fortunate enough to host one of their own regionals, so that means they got to um, play host to to all the games. Um, now, when the, the winners are determined out of the regionals, uh, they go to what's called the Super Regional round, and each winner is paired with another regional winner, so it's whittled down to 16 teams. Um, and so there are eight Super Regionals, two teams each, and they play a three-game series just with each other, one-on-one, and the winner of that um, goes to the College World Series. So Goes from 64 down to 16, down to eight, and those teams travel to Omaha. Now the Gophers haven't been—they um, never actually never—they hadn't gotten past the regional round since 1977. Again, when they went to the College Baseball World Series, the super regionals were only init- or invented, initiated in 1999. So, um, pretty recent innovation. But even then, the Gophers have been in regional rounds before, but they have never haven't advanced, uh, especially in John Anderson's career. <clears throat> so it's a pretty big achievement, uh, considering how yeah, that they haven't gotten past regionals since um, nineteen seventy seven. Now the Gophers have quite a few stars, um, a couple guys, two or three um, that are actually actually have um, the opportunity to get drafted. Actually, probably likelihood you might want to put it that way uh, in the Major League Baseball draft this week. Um, probably their biggest offensive threat is junior shortstop Taron Vavra, and for Twins fans out there, he's the son of uh, former coach uh, Bob Vavra. Um, yeah, he's really their best offensive player. He you know, is batting almost 400 on the year, leads the team in many of the offensive categories, um, and in fact he had such a great regional tournament that his draft stock has risen to the point where it's likely he'll probably go in the first few rounds, not first or second, but it wouldn't be a reach to think he'd go in the third, fourth, fifth round. Um he's been he's been that good and he's really a lot of fun to watch. Really a slick fielder, really great bat. Um but they also have uh Luke petterson second baseman who's a senior, and left fielder Ben Mazenga, who um they've had great seasons too. Uh Ben's batting in the upper three hundreds, close to four hundred for a while there during the season. Uh Luke's in the same boat, both speedy guys. Um wouldn't be surprised to see them get drafted either this week. Um they've had such great such great seasons. But the their real claim to fame this year has been pitching. Um, really, in college baseball, you have three-man rotations. You play three-game series usually on the weekend, and they refer to those as your Friday, Saturday, Sunday starters. And the Gophers have two you know, pretty top-tier aces. Um, the staff ace is, is, is Reggie Meyer. He's a junior. Um, but really, they've been led this year by uh, true freshman, Patrick Fredrickson, who came from Washington State and wasn't really um, – wasn't really touted, I guess you want to say he wasn't. He definitely wasn't pursued by a lot of the Pac-12 teams, which is really interesting. Um, but he did come in and this year nine and zero. How about that? And he leads a team in almost all pitching categories. They haven't lost when he's started a game this year, which is pretty crazy. Um, and he started in the bullpen and got into the rotation early in the year and hasn't looked back. In fact, he won Big Ten Pitcher of the Year and was a unanimous choice for freshman of the year as well. So this guy's crazy. He's 6'6", real lanky, but again, true freshman, and has been um, basically the Gophers' calling card all year. But also don't forget about their dominant closer, Max Meyer, another true freshman from Woodbury. Um, man, he's just been downright filthy this year. Uh, again, he's the closer. Um, was unhittable in his most recent appearance against UCLA in the regional came in through three innings and had six strikeouts couldn't be touched and i was talking to some guys down there when we were watching the regionals and um they're saying his slider was clocked at 91 which is pretty much major league level type slider and his fastball was in the mid-90s too so he's already flashing major league talent so the gophers are pretty fortunate to have him for the next couple years um but really yeah their uh, their pitching is nasty their bats are pretty good um so things are things are cooking in, in gopher baseball land but once uh, once they advance past the regional round they got a really really tough draw things don't get any easier when you get to the top 16 um, teams in the nation you got to face uh, they get to face Oregon State who's the number three team in the nation um, really matches up pretty well with the gophers I think you might, might want to call the Gophers an Oregon State light but it doesn't do them any favors they have great bats a couple great pitchers and when you get to the the super regional level it's all about who can win two games and you know, the Gophers are not looking like they're in bad shape necessarily. They just have a really tough draw with Oregon State. Though I'd say that of the 16 teams, the 8 that would be favored, I'd say that the Gophers are probably the toughest draw that anyone could get um, if you're looking at it as, a, as an A and B team. So long story short, um, you know it's been an awesome season. The Gophers are probably having their best season that they've had in, 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 quite a while. And definitely in terms of, um, in terms of what they've, what they've accomplished, it's, it's almost borderline historic. Um, we were down at Siebert this last weekend, watching them in the regional and it was really fun to see the crowd. Um, they had, uh, had sellouts both nights, um, actually all three nights and the, the fans turned out. It was the first time Minneapolis had hosted a regional, um, especially at Seabert field and, um, yeah, set records for attendance. Crowd was up there, um, 24, 2,500 people or so. Crammed into the, crammed into a, the friendly confines there, but it's a lot of fun and you know the people are the fans are having a great time this year watching the Gophers and seeing them execute. But it's on to it's on to Corvallis now. Games are on Friday, Saturday. Hopefully, um, you know maybe hopefully Sunday. Hopefully we just can beat the beat the Beavers two in a row and head on to Omaha.
0: All right. Thank you, sir. Uh, I have a note about hockey acceleration as our next topic. No, we are not talking about just how fast I am on skates. It sounds like the Gopher hockey team is actually going to have a 17-year-old who will be actually 17 the time he first steps onto the ice for the Gophers uh, making an early appearance. Uh, Andy, what can you tell us about that?
1: Well, we'll have to thank Nate Wells, because he was the one who broke the news, at least that I've seen on Twitter, and then on on his own podcast. You know, they have have a podcast, Talking Full Hockey, if you want to actually listen to it. Um, I can't tell you the name of it, because I don't remember it. So, But just look for Nate Wells at Gopher State on Twitter and you can find their podcast if you want to get nothing but Gopher Hockey News. Uh, but Ben Brinkman, who is a defenseman, played for Edina. He just finished his junior year of high school um, and is a Gopher recruit. Apparently, Nate Wells breaking the news that uh, Bob Motzko has asked him to accelerate. So he's basically spending his summer doing his senior year of high school Uh, so that he can enroll in the fall at the University of Minnesota and play as a freshman next fall for the Gophers. Um, And Chris was slightly right. He will be 17 when he steps on the ice. Uh, According to his elite prospect base, Brinkman's birthday is October 4th, so he will turn 18 literally two days before the Gophers open the season against UMD. Um, So he will be the youngest player on the team by far. Brigman, I mean, he, he's a he's an offensive defenseman. He's not going to be, if you remember your old Gofera, he's not going to be the Mike Crowley type, but he could be closer to the Mike Riley type. Um, looking at his stats last year for Edina, he played twenty five games, had forty points, ten goals, thirty assists. Um, you know, he's he's gonna he's gonna probably not be one of your top four defensemen to start the season. He's gonna have to earn that, but. Uh, the Hope is you've got him and you've got Clayton Phillips, who came in midseason last year, who also played Addy Dinah um, before going playing in the USHL. So they're going to bring in some young players, and Bob Motsko is going to try and, uh, you know, shape up the roster to, to how he wants. He's also had some recruiting wins here in the last uh, couple of weeks, turning around some kids that he had originally uh, committed to him at St. Cloud State. Um, Garrett. Niamini was one, and um, I'm blanking on the other name, of course, but uh, he had a couple of kids who, who originally were committed to St. Cloud State who have now... Uh, oh, Brodzinski, that's the other one. Uh, Bryce, yeah, I, I was about
0: to I was about to jump in because I was like, you're forgetting the name that you really shouldn't forget.
1: Yes, Br- Bryce Brodzinski, who will be a senior for Blaine this year, um, you should recognize the name Brodzinski. Mike Played for the Gophers and uh, Don Lucia and his two other brothers Johnny and uh, and I'm blanking on the uh, the youngest uh, the third youngest one named who's currently at Saint Cloud State um, played for Moscow. Um and so it'll be all even up two Bradzinski brothers playing for Saint Cloud State and two Bradzinski brothers playing for the Gophers but they really have a good relationship with with Moscow and um, Brez, the youngest Bradzinski was set to play for for Bob up at St. Cloud State and now will play for the Gophers instead. So, um, you know, I think he'll he'll have the quality... He'll be a chance to be a real quality player for the Gophers here. And so, uh, Moscow already making some ripples on the recruiting trail. And, you know, he's got plenty of uh, time to try and get some of these other big names to uh, decide they want to play for Minnesota in the future. Uh,
0: Question time. The bit that's so good it doesn't need any other name. Um, I would like... I don't know how many of us are on Twitter. I mean, I know the three of us are on Twitter. I don't know how many people listening are on Twitter. Uh, But there's a great new overused Twitter meme going around this week uh, that has LeBron in one of his his very upset with J.R. Smith moments uh, after J.R. Smith's boneheaded uh, play. Uh, giving up a very easy opportunity for a win in game one and instead costing the Cavs uh, a victory and letting Golden State start absolutely curb-stopping them. Um, I would like to know, in light of that meme being used for everything in the last five days or whatever, um, what is your favorite overused Twitter meme? Street, let's start with you.
2: So it's American Chapper, right? The old guy and the young guy?
0: Yes. I watched—I don't remember their names, but it's the dad and the son.
2: Yeah, I watched two episodes of that show on a plane once, so I've always had some fondness for it. I think that's my favorite <laughs> overused meme, in part because I like the storytelling. Now, like, a lot of memes, it's like, "haha," ha he's like a one-panel thing. Yeah, it's sort of like the people who like Marmaduke. I like an actual story with my meme, so I think that one.
0: I got to admit, when I wrote this one down as a question I was going to ask, I did not expect a Marmaduke reference. <sighs> um, and also, I, I appreciate that two ep- – so this is – is this an official, like, ruling? Like, if you watch two episodes on a plane, then it becomes a, a show that you enjoy? What, what happens if you get to five?
3: I
2: mean, I've watched, like, five episodes of The Big Bang Theory on a plane. I don't know if I go so far to say it's a show that you love now. But I think, I think if you watch okay. – I think play movie, play anything. Is a, is a totally different universe. Like, it's totally fine on a plane to watch an absolutely garbage whatever it is. The worst, I think, like, the true worst thing if you're a movie or a television show is someone puts in like 15 minutes of a television show or like an hour of a movie and then turns it off so they can watch where the flight is going on the monitor. That, I think, is the true death knell for a show. It's so bad that you would rather watch a visual representation of where you are in space than entertainment.
0: I'm gonna ask a question that none of one, no one was expecting. Have you ever watched a movie on a plane where, as you started watching it, you're like, "Oh God, I shouldn't be watching this because it's too violent," or "I've got upcoming nudity. I'm going to have to fast forward by, otherwise, I look like a complete perv for the entire plane."
2: Oh, absolutely. Per- Andy Sandberg's Tour de Pharmacy. Which if you haven't seen is, is quite funny. Wait,
0: that's an actual movie? I, I don't remember this movie yeah, at all. Tour de pharmacy
2: It's a document it's a mockumentary. It followed the success of Seven Days in Hell, which was the Andy Samberg, Kit Harrington. Which I also didn't
0: then. I didn't know that was a thing either.
2: Wimbledon mockumentary. So they then made same people made a mockumentary of the Tour de France called Tour de Pharmacy, which I believe takes place in the 1983 Tour de France, for which the corrupt organizer of the event allowed people to bribe him so they would not be drug tested. And therefore, drug drug use was absolutely rampant during this particular tour de France. So that's the premise of the movie. Seems totally fine. What you don't expect is for just a man's testicles to be like in your face about two minutes into the movie. I certainly didn't. I definitely wouldn't have picked it if I knew there was going to be an extremely large amount of nudity in it. And I especially wouldn't have picked it if I had known that and given the situation that I was in, which is to the left of me was like a 55, 60-year-old woman to the right of me was a four year old child. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the worst part about this is, like, a four year old child's like, kind of whatever, like, you feel bad, but, you know, anatomy is anatomy. Is that the worst thing in the world? We're, like, totally fine watching, like, super violent movies with a four year old child. Like No, it's, it's the woman who is judging me both for picking the movie with the four year old child but also for picking the movie in general. And this then becomes the problem on a plane, which is you make a decision, you don't realize the consequences of that decision, and then you then have to like try and apologize to everyone about it, or like, convince them that you didn't know, and nobody believes you. And you, can't, you can't just be like, oh, no, no I didn't realize there was going to be all of these awful things in this movie to this person they don't believe
0: you oh yeah mine wasn't that bad it was it was a an issue with being seated next to an old woman um but uh i went deadpool and i didn't i don't think i realized that there was going to be zero editing of deadpool (laughs) i just assumed there'd be like some light violence editing Oh, oh, no, I forgot they don't do that on planes anymore. That must have been a thing from my childhood, or it was never a thing, and I just thought it was. Um, I think three minutes in after, you know, he gets she shoots a dude in the ass, and somebody's arm goes flying around, and I'm just like, I'm not going to stop watching this, because it's Deadpool and it's awesome, but I'm going to have to feel bad about it (laughs) a little bit, because this woman's going to judge me.
1: Now, 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 just Um, to confirm... Now I'm pretty sure for Streets, would would have been on his own device? That was not unlike on, one of the random media devices that the airplane gives you. Now, no, it sounds no, like it, yours was, wa- it
2: was on. It was. It was on the TV that's in the seat. It was one of the options. So
1: it so was I, one of the okay. So so these are these are the airline approved. These are airline approved choices. I was going to say yeah. I, I.
0: That. Yeah. That, that's the thing is I thought airline approved choices were edited in some fashion like I swear to god I remember that being a thing. It's not a thing anymore. At least not on Delta. On well, Delta, I mean if it's got nudity, the nudity's there. If well, it's got violence, the violence is there. Then
1: then I don't think you can make an argument because if the if it's one of those things that the airline will allow you to stream, I don't think anybody has an argument. If it's one thing if you're bringing in your laptop or your tablet and you're trying to watch it. In front of whatever, then then I can understand a little bit of the concern. But if it's one of the things that, if you can just go boop 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 on the thing in your seat and you can watch it, well then, I don't think anybody has the right to get mad at you for that. Blame, blame right or not, right or
0: not, I can I can assure you that Judgey McJudgerson sitting next to me was giving me plenty of side eye anyway.
1: No. I can say I've never had one of these situations because. I'm one of those lame people that doesn't watch movies when I fly. I read. So, you know, you can all mock me now for being old fashioned. And actual, like, paper copies of things, not this, you know, reading electronic things. No, it was either like a paper book or a magazine. It'll be real <laughs>
2: weird when the person that next to you is judging you for your Playboy.
1: Hey, I hey, can hey, buy hey, it at a Hudson that's, News. That's,
2: it's error approved. That's that's,
1: that's 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 when you do the old like tenth grade school movie trick and you put it inside of another book. I mean, come on, everybody, everybody learns that.
2: Man, that's like reading the adult uh, cover Harry Potter because you are too embarrassed. If you buy the magazine, you should be proud to you proud to look at it. That's my view. Or you should just use the internet.
0: <laughs> this is taking a turn i'm gonna <laughs> all right uh speaking of deadpool question two since deadpool 2 came out and apparently i'm the only one who's watched it because you're both terrible people who made poor life decisions to go to grad school and have children i would like to ask you what do you believe to be the best ryan reynolds movie um and we're going to start with andy because alex is going to ruin this question andy well, I'm going to have to try and
1: decide if I'm going to steal your answer or if I'm going to go off on my own.
0: You can, st- no, steal if that's the right, it's the right answer, so you can feel free to take it. Yeah, I mean, the right answer probably is Van Wilder, like you were going to say.
1: I mean, I think if I'm, I'm going down as IMDb, trying to decide if there's anything else that could even touch it, and I don't think there really is anything. I mean, Deadpool's pretty good, but I wouldn't say it's as good as Van Wilder. and um. You know, where Street's going to take this is going to be a little bit more fun, I believe. But, yeah, no, I I think I have to go with Van Wilder.
0: Yeah, I mean, Van Wilder is just the perfect movie. And anyone who believes otherwise can fuck right off. Street, you can go fuck right off and give us your answer.
2: Oh, it's Adventureland. It's 100% Adventureland. You're going to have to defend it, because I
0: don't believe you. I don't believe you.
2: The thing about Van Wilder, which is like a perfectly reasonable movie if you're drunk and 17, is that he's not like really acting all that hard. He's not like trying. And the movie itself is like, ah, like whatever. Adventureland is a legitimately really good movie. And Ryan Reynolds in it is really good. And he's playing a character that Ryan Reynolds... At this point in his career had just totally nailed, which is guy who is sort of an asshole, and you think, oh, maybe there's like an underlying goodness to him, but no, he's just like an asshole, but he's willing at some point to dispense some advice about how to like avoid being an asshole like him. He did this in waiting, which is also a reasonably good movie, that if you can see on a plane, highly recommend. But like peak this is Adventureland. (sighs) <sighs> but Also, the only th- reason the only reason why he's any good in Deadpool is because Ryan Reynolds honed that particular character. So, if you like Deadpool,
1: pay
0: see, I was going to say if you attention. like if you like Deadpool, you'd like Smoking Aces. That's what I was going to say.
1: Smoking <sighs> Aces isn't that like good movie.
0: No, it's a terrible movie. Nobody should ever watch it. Don't watch it. It's terrible. It's really bad.
1: Speaking of terrible, let's just take this where everybody wants us to take it, because this is the one where we're going to have myriads of choices, multiple choices, an infinity of choices, <laughs> and that would be the worst
0: possible Ryan Reynolds movie. I mean, it might be Smoking Aces, but R.I.P.D. also sucked quite a bit.
2: Uh, ahem. There is also, and this this really give it, give it to to Ryan Reynolds. The year that he makes his best movie, which is 2009, Adventureland. He also made X-Men Origins: Wolverine, the original Deadpool, and my that pick, was not his fault. My pick for the worst Ryan Reynolds film: The Proposal.
0: I don't even remember that one. I'm going to click on that on IMDb and hope my eyes are not scarred. The proposal... Okay, the pr- oh, the one with Sandra Bullock. Yes, the proposal is, the, is, the is the very bad. The plot summary
2: for our listeners who have, not, who have not seen this movie is that Ryan Reynolds plays the assistant to Sandra Bullock, who is Canadian. Sandra Bullock is a sort of book reviewer executive in book publishing. And her work visa, for reasons unknown... Is about to be revoked. And therefore, in an effort to stay in the country, as opposed to just like renewing her work visa, which is not a complicated task if you are a high powered person with access to a variety of attorneys, is instead to, I would argue, uh, sexually harass your assistant, played by Ryan Reynolds, to marry you to fool immigration so you can stay in the country. It turns out that Ryan Reynolds, the assistant, is in fact the scion of an unbelievably rich family who basically owns a large swath of Alaska. The family matriarch in this movie is played by Betty White. At some point in the movie, she does a, uh, I think just overtly racist, there's no real like way to make subtle about that, an overtly racist view of what a like native dance would be to achieve like fertility or something for Sandra Bullock. And that honestly might be the like second or third least bad part of that movie.
0: I'm quite comfortable with the fact that I never saw this film.
2: Also saw it on a plane. You know why you pick I saw some it? On a really plane? Bad movies. You know why I saw it on a plane? Because I had just put on tour to pharmacy and was trying to click on anything else. Just anything else.
1: So Christ. I still don't understand I mean that, that's an awful movie and it's definitely a contender.
0: <laughs> oh what do
1: you what do you the, got what do you got waiting in the wings? I don't understand how either one of you could not bring up the Green Lantern.
0: See, I don't think Green Lantern is, like, Smoking Aces bad. It's just, like, bad comic book movie bad. Which like, means to it's be fair, worse than anything
1: else you've discussed on this list. No,
0: no. And to be fair, on the list, like, well, I don't hold Ryan Reynolds personally responsible for the terrible Deadpool and X-Men Origins, X-Men Origins is legitimately a worse, a worse comic book movie than Green Lantern. Oh, man, no. just
2: Friends? the horrible, horrible movie. The in-laws, another horrible, horrible movie. This other Van Wilder. To to.
1: And, and to make you have the confidence that the string is going to contend, apparently Ryan Reynolds is attached to uh, star in the Clue movie remake.
3: Yeah.
0: yeah but that I'm wait. That's that could totally work.
2: I have no. I have no idea how it will work, but we're going to pretend.
1: Uh huh. Sure. Here's it's the thing. Work.
2: The Green Lantern movie gave us Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively's marriage. So I think that has to count for something in it's positive.
1: Only if you're Canadian.
2: Yeah. I don't understand to how North we're supposed to. The proposal in real life. How, but- how great would it be if that's actually their entire marriage? is just the sham to fool immigration.
1: If you're going to do that, you should have just stuck it out with Scarlett Johansson.
0: I'm just confused how you know who he's married to and how much Us Weekly are you reading on a regular basis. How do
2: you not know that Ryan Reynolds is married to Because I don't care. I don't care. I don't care either. I know it. It's in the ether. <laughs>
0: God. Oh. All right. We're going to close this out um, by com- just... We're just finding out how Minnesota, just how Minnesota is J.R. Smith? For those of you who somehow, well, actually, I don't blame anyone who's not paying attention to the NBA Finals because, A, I don't really care about the NBA Finals most of the time, and, B, it's Warriors-Cavs for, like, the 11th billionth year, and so, you know, whatever. Um, J.R. Smith plays for the Cavs. J.R. Smith uh, re- had a rebound right by the basket with three seconds left or something like that. Could have put up a shot, probably won the game right there, but instead dribbled out towards half court and let time expire because reasons. Um, He later admitted he didn't actually understand what was going on at the game at that moment and thought somebody was calling timeout for him or I don't know. It was dumb. It was really, really bad. Frankly, it was something that should have happened to the Timberwolves to cost them game one of the NBA finals, but he's playing for Cleveland. So on a scale of one to the Michigan game in 2003, I just want a numeric uh, equivalent of where you think this ranks as How Minnesota was the J.R. Smith bonehead play? Andy?
1: I will rank it. I'll give it.
0: Like, two Texas Techs or what? what
1: I was going to give it four out of five Cusics. <laughs>
2: Street. Oh, man. It was it was real bad. I felt bad for Jr. I also got very confused by Tyler who was not taking a timeout from the bench because it became very immediately obvious that J.R. Smith did not know what the situation was. And you get like 1.9 seconds for, I don't know, them to run up a play where J.R. Smith misses a three. I will say it is probably the fourth quarter of the Texas Tech-Minnesota game because there was inevitability about it, but it was still brutal to watch.
0: All right, and on that high note, I guess, I, and I apologize. I actually should have thought about the question order a little bit differently and not ended on such a, a, an amazing note. Uh, that concludes this edition of the SkyU podcast. Uh, thanks again for listening. We're going to try to roll out some things this summer to get listeners involved, get some questions, um, maybe do some uh, topical things like talk about grilling because it's the summer, and I don't know. I think that's something you do. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so, until then, go Gophers. Sky Yuma, row the boat.